in Egypt from 1878 B.C. to 1841 B.C. It's probably that pharaoh. Okay? So at least we have an idea what year this is. Right now we're teaching 1878 B.C. Okay? 18,000 years. We're on the other side of that now, so it's almost 4,000 years ago. We're on the other side. Proverbs 21 one says this, The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord like rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wishes. In other words, God is in control. You know, He put this dream on Pharaoh. Why? To get Joseph into leadership so that his dreams would come true. Not only that, but that he would save God through Joseph and this Pharaoh that was favored, obviously favored Joseph, you know, put him in charge, and they were going to save entire nations, you know, by, by the, the interpretation of these dreams. God is revealing, listen, God is revealing this dream to Pharaoh. You think, why would God speak to an ungodly character, right? But God does. Hey, think of it. You were once ungodly, and God spoke to you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here, right? Right. Believe me, I think back at what I did before I was saved. I'm thinking, who would want me? But God spoke, broke through all that baloney and, and, and revealed himself to me. And then whenever we, re, we accept him, we become new creatures. Verse 2, two dreams are, 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 are following, but the dreams are really one dream. The seven fat cows are f devoured by the seven withered cows, and when they devoured these cows, they were still ugly and gaunt and thin. They ate up the good fat cows, but still they didn't show. So it's like it speaks to famine, okay? Um, then the second dream, which is really the same dream, seven fat heads of grain came up, okay? Um, and the seven withered heads came up after that and basically consumed the other grains, and it was still, they were still thin grains, heads of grain. It was talking about famine, and God revealed that to Joseph, so Joseph could reveal it to uh, the king to Pharaoh. Listen, think about this. Grain and meat are the two substances that we need to live, really. You know, bread, I mean, bread and, and meat. And that's what we got here. Let's see, verses, verses uh, 9 through 16. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day. He's kind of like remorseful here. I remember Joseph told me to, to bring his name before Pharaoh, but I never did. But now he's got a reminder that, that he made Joseph a promise that he would reveal you know, his name to Pharaoh. So he said, I remember my faults this day when Pharaoh was angry with his servants, meaning the butler and the baker, and put me into custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief bakers. We each had a dream in one night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of our dream. Now, there was a young Hebrew man with us there, 
a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us to each man. He interpreted according to his own, his own dream, and it came to pass just as he interpreted for us. So it happened, he restored me to my office, and he hanged him. And Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. Remember, he's a Hebrew now. He's in prison. He's dirty, probably unclean. I don't know if you know this, but, you know, the Egyptians back in those days, the guy, they were virtually hairless. They shaved all their beards off. They shaved all their hairs off. They looked like mannequins, I guess you could say. And they, if sometimes they did have like a little goatee or one of those things right here to distinguish them a little bit, but that's about it. Joseph is exactly the opposite. Dirty, you know, he's, 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 he needs a shave. He needs his hair cut. He probably looked like John the Baptist, you know. So Pharaoh calls for him in verse 14. And they brought him quickly out of the dungeon and shaved him and cleaned his, changed his clothes and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph arrowed, answered Pharaoh, saying, listen to what he says, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Listen, Joseph already knows it's a peaceful dream. He didn't even hear it yet. Okay? He's already being spoken to by God. Okay? And he's quick to say, it's not me. It's not me. So for you believers out there that laid hands on people that were sick and they were recovered, you better have said, it's not me. It's not you that does those things. You and I can't heal anything. It's God using a vessel like us. Why? Not because you're clean in your own self. It's because you wear the righteous robes of Jesus Christ. A righteous, the robe of righteousness. Joseph's brought to Pharaoh. Finally, because a butler finally speaks. He has to speak at this point. He knows that Joseph can interpret this dream. And he tells Pharaoh about it. And Pharaoh, like, go right away. Get Joseph out of prison. Get him shaved. Put more, give him a bath. Show, you know, put new clothes on him and bring him before Pharaoh immediately. Joseph is brought into Pharaoh's presence. He's clean. He's shaved. He's new clothes. There's three things that, that they did to Joseph. They bring him out of the dungeon Okay, they shave him and cleanse him and give him new garments. The same three things that Jesus Christ has done for you. Number, number one, he freed us, says Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the freedom by which Christ has made you free, church. Stand fast in that. Joseph set free. You have been set free by Jesus. This is a typology. These are things that Joseph is a type of Christ. There's 23 items here that I'm going to give you probably at the end of this study of Joseph. Not today, but maybe down the road. 23 things that Joseph is a type of Christ. We can see Christ in Joseph. Joseph is one of the few men in the Bible, other than Daniel, that there's no sin attached to him. But we know he's a sinner because he's a man. Okay? If he 
if he does uphold all the 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 613 commands in the scriptures okay he he certainly failed because his mom and dad adam and eve still have sinned and that's passed on down the line he's freed jesus has freed you pharaoh has freed joseph not only that he's cleansed you jesus has cleansed you ephesians 5 26 that he might sanctify her and cleanse her by the washing of water with the word. Washing of water with the word. That means read your Bible. And you'll be washed clean as you read because you're going to learn how to serve the living God in a clean way that your robe of righteousness you know, would be making you more, look more and more like Jesus every day. And number three, not only does he free you and cleanse us, he clothes us in his righteousness. He clothes us in his righteousness. And I, I know I read it to Sunday, if you were here, and it, is, it has an application all through the scriptures, is Isaiah 61.10. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in, his, in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me in, wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. Joseph is getting new, new clothes here tonight. Okay? And so have you. Jesus freed us. He cleansed us. And he clothed us with his righteousness. And that's why you go to heaven. Not because you're a Sunday school teacher. Not because you go to church every Sunday. Not because you uphold the Ten Commandments or the 613 commandments that there really are. It's because you are dressed in the robes of Jesus' righteousness because you put your faith in the Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen is right. Amen. So, not only that, you got Isaiah 61.10. He clothes you with, with robe of righteousness. How about Revelation 3.5? He who overcomes shall be clothed with white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. You know what stuck out with me at that verse? It says here, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white. I will not blot out his name from the book of life. It sounds like your name is already written in the book of life. It sounds like it will be erased if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that is, that's the sin of blasphemy, rejection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when you're dead and gone. So if you pass from this earth, and you have not accepted the sacrifice Jesus on the cross for your sins and mine, it sounds like your name is erased from the book of life. Your name's already there. For God so loved the world, he wanted all people to be saved. God wants all to be saved, not just, not just certain people. He came... God so loved the world that he gave. The world. Not, he's not talking about the Jewish people here. He's talking about the world that he gave his only begotten son. So be careful. If you walk through this life and don't receive Christ as your Savior and your Lord, 
Your name can be erased from the book of life, which God wants everybody to be saved, and his name is in there. Judging by what I see in the world, seven and a half billion people, and maybe, hopefully, maybe one or two billion, I hope, are Christians, there's going to be a lot of empty spaces in that book. So accept Jesus as your Savior with all your heart, not this, heart, and you will be saved. As I said, the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is rejecting his voice the whole time you walk through life and not receiving Christ as your Savior as the Holy Spirit has been revealing him to you. Another insight into Joseph's characters here is given. Joseph gives all glory to God. He's saying to Pharaoh, it's not me. God will give you a favorable report on this. He's acknowledging three things. And it's been embedded in him just by life. Joseph maintained the faith of his, of his father since he was a child. He maintained his faith. He had courage. He had strength to stand up in a prison in a heathen land in a land of idolatry, great idolatry, and great idols, a land of idol worship. And he, he, ruled in a, he ruled in a heathen kingdom, okay? And he, he remained faithful to his God. These politicians, politicians today need a big lesson. First of all, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you shouldn't even be running for office because you don't fit the job description. He's, she, he's even married to a heathen woman. As we move on, you'll see that and he's been given a wife, and she's a heathen. She's the daughter of a, a priest. There's no suffering, no substitute for suffering in a believer's life. All these things are working together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You know Romans 8:28. James 1, 3, and 4 says this, My brethren, count of joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and patience having its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Romans 5, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope, and now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Listen. Joseph has all these qualities, and he learned them in Potiphar's house and in prison. He learned administration skills. He's learned leadership skills. He learned forgiveness. He forgave his brothers. He's going to name his sons after these, after God made him forget. Man, if so means God made me forget. He's patient. He's obviously patient. He's in jail for many years. He would, he, he's, he, he's self-controlled. He didn't get upset when Potiphar's wife 
you know, accused him of something he didn't do. He has peace in prison. He's self-controlled. He's lacking nothing. He's lacking nothing. So be of good cheer, saint. You're not the only one. There's other people in the world that have endured the same temptations that you have. Jesus is our example, as you well know. 1 Peter 2.21 says this, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Because you're a Christian. You're a little Christ. You're the light. He's the light of the world, and you're the light that reflects his light into the world. The truth is we can't control what happens to us in our life, but we can control what happens in our heart. Listen, you can't control what somebody else did to you. But you can control what happens in your heart. You know, I've had people in churches that I've been that come to, to come to one of us pastors, and they would complain. Well, this person said that and that and that. And I said, the, the pastor can't control what one person says to another. You have a church of 5,000 people or, five, or 50 people, you know, you can't control what one person says to another. The pastor, so don't get mad at the pastor. Go talk to your brother. We learned that on Sunday in Matthew chapter 5. Go be reconciled to your brother. Listen. There's a Proverbs 13, 12 says this, and it's one of the verses that I really love because I, I, I lived it. Hope deferred makes your heart sick. Joseph, Joseph's heart could have been sick for all he's been through. Sold into slavery by his brothers that he loved. Getting, you know, getting into Potiphar's house, having a good time, you know, being in charge of everything, and then accused that he, he was he was sleeping with his Potiphar's wife, and then he's thrown into prison. Listen, hope deferred can make your heart sick, but Joseph never varied. He stayed strong. He made the best out of it. My dad used to tell me before I was a Christian, he says, you got to play the cards that you were dealt in life. you got to play the cards. There's no other way. Just play them. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm as a heathen. I'm just saying 